More Than a Movie is back with season two. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. Stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. Let not your heart be troubled. You are listening to the Sean Hannity Radio Show Podcast. All right, so I have insomnia, but I've never slept better. And what's changed? Just a pillow. It's had such a positive impact on my life. And, of course, I'm talking about my pillow. I fall asleep faster. I stay asleep longer. And now you can, too. Just go to MyPillow.com or call 800-919-6090. Use the promo code Hannity. And Mike Lindell, the inventor of MyPillow, has the special four-pack. Now, you get 40% off two MyPillow premiums and two go-anywhere pillows. Now, MyPillow is made here in the USA, has a 60-day unconditional money-back guarantee and a 10-year warranty. Go to MyPillow.com right now or call 800-919-6090, promo code Hannity, to get Mike Lindell's special four-pack offer. You get two MyPillow premium pillows and two go-anywhere pillows for 40% off, and that means once those pillows arrive, you start getting the kind of peaceful and restful and comfortable and deep-healing and recuperative sleep that you've been craving and you certainly deserve. MyPillow.com, promo code Hannity. You will love this pillow. All right, happy Friday, although is there really anything happy about the world is going mad and it's going insane. And there was a book written years ago by radio host Art Bell about the quickening, the quick. Everything is so fast paced now. It's almost in biblical terms the way things feel like they're unfolding and evolving every single solitary day. And it's like. You know, just think in your own life, oh, I'm on my text, oh, I'm on my email, oh, I'm on my phone, oh, I'm here. You know, it's an incredible pace. I've never, I remember back when I started in radio, my first professional job was in Huntsville, Alabama. Uh, yes, I was inducted into the Radio Hall of Fame last night, but I couldn't be there because I had to work last night. I, we had all planned as a team to go there. And so I'm making it up to my entire radio team because they, you know, I had invited all the people that had hired me throughout the years to go. And... It was, you know, supposed to be a big night. Um, I heard Bernard McGurk got in. I didn't know he got in. That's awesome. Good for him. And Robin Quivers, who works for Stern, got in. It was pretty cool. I, what's his name? Iman sent me his, well, I wish I could have been there. I'm glad I'm not there speech, which was pretty funny. Uh, anyway, but when I started, I remember, okay, what was, what were my news sources? I remember I had Prodigy online long before. I had two twin 
you know, five and a half inch floppy disk that I throw into this dual disk drive. And, and basically it was more of a Word document thing for me. It's not like the computer today. Al Gore hadn't really created the Internet as we know it. So my news sources were literally local papers. I'd go to I go buy tons of magazines to look for ideas and and just pick up whatever I can pick up wherever I can pick it up. I mean, you know, now I have I literally I should take a picture and send this out all the information I have on my desk. And we have three big exclusive reports here today. One, we have Ed Klein, investigative reporter. He wrote an all the brand new book. It's an investigative report, All Out War, The Plot to Destroy Trump. He's got some really big bombshell news that we're going to break here in the program. Uranium One, the dossier. Well, now, of course, we have Clinton stealing the election. I'm going to get to that in a second. He'll join us today. Bo Bergdahl. Uh, will join us in light of the news about him today. He gets what three hundred thousand? Uh, what's that? What are you saying? No, not. No, I know we don't have Bo Bergdahl. Did I say we have Bo Bergdahl? I said we have news about Bo Bergdahl. Anyway, so we'll get to that later in the program uh, today. In the course of things, Corey Feldman, have you, are you watching this pedophilia stuff emerging in Hollywood? This is shocking. We're not going to ignore this story. You know, you got another, you got Kevin Spacey now. They canceled. That show that they had on Net- Netflix, uh, House of Cards. And, you know, I always thought that movie that he did, American Beauty, is that the name of that movie? He was so creepy, like a father of a teenage girl and in love with the teenage girl's best friend. And they had these bizarre scenes in, in this whole thing. Now he's got claim after claim after claim. This on type of, of, of Harvey, uh, whatever his name is, Harvey Weiss. What's the name? Weissman. Weinstein, something, I don't know. Uh, Weissman is the attorney in the other case. That's how busy we are with stories. Anyway, now people are saying, accusing him of rape and petitions going out. I mean, I've never seen more things unfolding in my life regarding this issue ever. Corey Feldman has been saying it for years that, in fact, he himself, that Hollywood was a massive area of pedophilia and that he had been abused. So we'll get to that exclusive in the course of the show today uh, also. You know, one of the things I, I'm, I'm going to plug my movie in this sense. I'm not going to spend any time on it. But one of the reasons I wanted to do a movie is because Hollywood has nothing but contempt for conservative values and Christian values. And they why? Because they how do we know? They make fun of us in the movies, number one. You see them at their award shows, number two. Number three, then you see the products that they give us all the time, the formulaic sex violence. And then, of course, we'll give you Iron Man 29. I think there's a new Iron Man out this weekend. Or we'll give you Spider-Man 67. It's all for Jennifer Aniston or Angelina Jolie falls in love with so-and-so. You know, occasionally you get some good action movies. You get American Soldier was a great movie. Or I do like the, uh, what's the ones with Matt Damon um, that he does those Oh, the Born Ultimatum. I love I love those kind of movies. They're pretty good, but this is different. And this is a movie. I got a note last night from a from a mother, a grandmother, and a note. They actually sent me a video, and their reaction. They were all crying at this movie. They all said it touched them deeply, and so many people said it's the best movie they had seen in a decade. And that's why we only had three hundred seventy three theaters as an as an independent company because we didn't want Hollywood involvement. That's the bottom line. I wanted to maintain our independence. And we did. And now this week, I think we're over 700 theaters because it did so well, thanks to all of you. Uh, and I'd only ask that if you want to go see it, it's on Hannity.com. Find a theater near you. If you did like it, I hope you'll tell your friends because we don't have any money for advertising. 
You know, we're not buying in the trades or in newspapers, nothing. We just, you know, that's why this has been such a phenomenal breakout. And um, and it accomplished everything I wanted it to accomplish, which is touching people's hearts and minds and emotions and their souls. And it's a movie you can take your whole family to. Maybe if you saw it last week, take your take grandma, take your mom and dad, take your kids. And it is a kid friendly movie. But I do warn you, bring tissues because everybody guys are telling me they were crying like babies in this movie. And it just has an ending you're never going to expect or anticipate and a message that's really it's so contemporary. It's not like what you think it is until you see it. I I hope you like it. Um, Now, I want to get to something that is amazing on the surface of it, especially in light of the fact that the mainstream media in this country Last night, we got news about, I think, one of the biggest scandals politically in American history. And it is breathtaking. Donna Brazile, the former interim DNC chair, remember on the eve of the DNC conventions, Debbie Wasserman Schultz, she bows out after the WikiLeaks emails come out showing that, oh, uh, among other things, that she had, in fact, been in the tank for Hillary Clinton. And that this whole thing had been rigged and the whole thing had been fixed. We always talked about the superdelegates. That made us suspicious. Then the emails pushed it over the top. But the smoking gun evidence never came out until yesterday. Next week, Donna Brazil is going to drop her new book. And Donna Brazil found that smoking gun evidence. And it had enough integrity in this case to stand up and say, this isn't right. She had promised the party, she had promised Bernie Sanders a full accounting when she was the interim chair that she would find out if there had been, the if the fix had been in an election. I'm, just stand back. Imagine Donald Trump being accused of fixing an election. Anyway, she then found the evidence. And she, in other words, she found direct evidence that showed the whole Democratic primary process was rigged and stolen by Hillary to keep the nomination from ever going to Bernie Sanders. And she made this in her new book, which is out next week. Now, this is something we've been telling you and suspecting, and President Trump has been suspecting for some time. And we've been right. Donna Brazil describes how she was first tasked with investigating the Democratic National Committee after these hacked emails that resulted in the firing of Wasserman Schultz on the eve of the of the convention and whether or not there were there was any evidence because the email suggested there was Clinton collusion with the DNC. Anyway, this is what she writes in one excerpt. Debbie was not a good manager. She hadn't been very interested in controlling the party. She let Clinton's headquarters in Brooklyn do as it desired so she didn't have to inform the party officers how bad the situation was how much control Brooklyn had and for how long was still something that I had been trying to uncover for the last few weeks by September the 7th, the day I called Bernie Sanders after she said a prayer to herself, I had found my proof and it broke my heart. And she said she never would have taken the job as the interim DNC chairwoman if in fact she knew what had happened here. They stole an election. They stole a primary. This is the United States of America, ladies and gentlemen. This is a big deal. Even Elizabeth Warren is now admitting this whole primary process 
was rigged and stolen. Listen to what she says. This is a real problem. But what we've got to do as Democrats now is we've got to hold this party accountable. Uh, when Tom Periello was first, uh, Tom Perez was first uh, elected chair of the DNC, the very first conversation I had with him is to say, you have got to put together a Democratic Party in which everybody can have confidence that the party is working for Democrats rather than Democrats are working for the party. And he's being tested now. This is a test for Tom Perez. And either he's going to succeed by bringing Bernie Sanders and Bernie Sanders representatives into this process, and they're going to say it's fair, it works, we all believe it, or he's going to fail. And I very much hope he succeeds. I hope for Democrats everywhere. I hope for Bernie and for all of Bernie's supporters that he's going to succeed. Very quickly, Senator, do you agree with the notion that it was rigged? Yes. Yeah, of course. Rigged, stolen, use whatever term you want. We asked Wasserman Schultz's office. They gave us a complete non-answer. Donald Trump, with him in the White House, Democrats must stay focused on enacting a progressive agenda. That's not answering the question, nor is it a denial. But it's a clear example. Senator Bernie Sanders never had a chance. The fix was totally in. They fixed an election. They stole an election. The Clinton crime family, their political machine. No ethics. They put all ethics aside. This is what they do, what they always do. Anything and everything. They were mowing down anybody that stood in their way. Now, if you could imagine for a second, this is President Trump, and he had rigged the RNC primary in his favor. Could you just for a second just imagine what the outrage would be from the media today? You know, what what would happen thereafter? How big a scandal this would be? You know what the saddest part? How much coverage do you think it got on ABC, CBS, and NBC evening newscast last night? Nothing. A complete blackout of the story. It's I, it's breathtaking to me that you cannot count on media for any truth anymore. They're so bitterly partisan and ideological. We care about truth. I'm on the program yesterday telling you, well, the Republicans are weak and they totally capitulated on ever being supply side economic conservatives any longer because they can't stomach the idea that they're going to be accused of of sticking up for the rich. We have great – it looks good on the corporate side, but <laughs> this is not a Reagan tax cut. You know, um, you look at this convention. I mean, when you think about it, what are the things we teach our kids in life? Kids, you need to be fair, honest, trustworthy. Don't cheat. Don't steal. And when it comes to Hillary, she embodies none of those principles. You know, nothing was going to stop the Clintons' blind ambition. And when it comes to emails, when they're subpoenaed, it's the same thing, 33,000. I'll just delete them. I'll acid wash them. I'll bleach bit them. I'll take a hammer and smash them. That's the Clinton. That's who they are. No warrant, no subpoena, no ethics will ever guide their lives. This is the, the worst thing they have done. And Hillary accuses the president of collusion, and she bought and paid for a phony, salacious Russian anti-Trump dossier that went all over the country. And in, and I, what I can't figure out here is where are all the Bernie people? Where's B- Bernie knew about this when he was told by Donna Brazil? How did he should be ashamed of himself? The, the election was stolen from him, and he supports that woman that stole an election. He would have had us elect a woman that's willing to do that. And for all those who voted for Clinton, you would that you would want that as your president? It's unbelievable. Then you got the dossier. Then you got Uranium One. Then we got everything else.
This never ends with these people. All right, we got a lot coming up in the course of the program today. 800 941 Sean. October 31st marks the 500th anniversary of the Reformation. Did the reformer Martin Luther aspire to start a new church? Was he a 16th century Che Guevara intending to overthrow institutional authority? Or was this movement a conservative reformation? Find out with the podcast Issues Etc. Issuesetc.net. Real Reformation Radio. Issuesetc.net. Issuesetc.net. Hillary steals a primary, and ABC, NBC, and CBS ignore the whole story. Now, thanks to Donna Brazil's bombshell book, we also now know that the same law firm that hired Fusion GPS, this is where Hillary bankrolled and funded, and the DNC now, we, we got to figure she's in control of the DNC, so that she had the DNC funnel this money to compile this anti-Trump dirty dossier from Russia— also played a key role in blocking the FBI from examining the DNC servers after they were hacked last year. You know, it's all beginning to come together. You notice this pattern of behavior? Hillary, you know, takes subpoenaed emails, destroys them. Bleach pit, acid wash, breaking Blackberry, smashing them to smithereens. Debbie Wasserman Schultz treating a, a police officer horribly, as she did. And then, of course, having busted up government hard drives in this IT guy's garage. You see a commission here? Why, did the, why didn't they want the, the DNC, why did they block the FBI, and why did the FBI allow them to block them from examining their servers? Anyway, while DNC Chair Debbie Wasserman Schultz alerted the officers about the server breach only when the Washington Post was about to make these revelation, uh, revelations public, Brazil writes in an excerpt, that ran in Politico, the DNC instead enlisted the law firm of Perkins Coy to make a major to make the major decisions, including how to handle the breach of their servers. That led to an embarrassing email dump. And the timing suggests the DNC's unusual and significant choice to have a private law firm, CrowdStrike, conduct the investigation into the breach rather than turn the evidence over to the FBI was made, quote, without consulting DNC officers. I'm not so sure. That if that's I'm I'm why am, do I suspect maybe some people knew an article in the Post in June of 2016 committee officials and security experts who responded to the breach said DNC leaders would tip to the hack in late April. Well, the chief executive got a call from operations chief saying that the information technology team had noticed some unusual network activity and they enlisted a lawyer from this law firm called in the private security firm CrowdStrike to handle the DNC breach. The decision was not to loop in the FBI. That was a major decision. What did they all want to hide here? What was Wasserman Schultz hiding with busted up hard drives with her IT guy? What was Hillary hiding bleach bit and acid washing, deleting emails and breaking blackberries? You know, why wouldn't they let the FBI look at their servers? Seems like a pattern of behavior here is extremely odd, doesn't it? To make everybody happy in this whole wide world because you make everybody happy and I want you to make me happy and my dad happy. I want you to make my mommy happy. I hope that we can feed everybody in this whole wide world. Amen. 
Let there be light for the ones who lost their way. Let there be light. Let it ease your pain. Let there be light on the darkest day. Let there be light so that we may see. That is not an incredible score. That is for the movie, my movie, Let There Be Light on the executive producer. Eva, Linda, you really love that. Dionne Warwick and her son. What's her son's name? I forget. So, yeah, that. on the song is uh, oh. Billy Ray Cyrus, Gladys Knight, Joe yeah. Don Rooney, Maya. Joe Don's uh, from Rascal. That's yeah. right. John Elefante, Damon Elliott, Kevin Sorbo. I mean, it's amazing. The single, Kevin sings? No, but I mean, I think he was just there in spirit. <laughs> he was there in spirit. So he's on the credits. But yeah, Damon um, Elliott is Dionne Warwick's, Warwick's son. 
I was going to say, he, that is her son. There's a particular scene in the movie. This is actually at the point where I come into the movie. Um, and I, I can't give it away. I just can't. I mean, too many people haven't seen it. I don't want to spoil it for them. And uh, that's from the soundtrack from the movie. And uh, we're really excited. It and is... another point, Sean, is yes, that 100 percent of every download um, of this goes to Feeding America. It helps replenish America's food banks, supply hurricane true? food relief. That's 100 percent. People true. tell me these things. Well, you know, you have people for these things. I'm one of those people, so now I'm telling yeah. people about, you know, your people. Breaking news <laughs> now. It's 100%, it's, no, 100% of the proceeds for a download go to feeding. That's awesome. That's yeah, good. it's great. Um, so anyway, uh, did you ever look? You have not told me your reaction in the movie, and it's like you're being reluctant and resistant. Why? Because I'm well, curious. Well, you know, I mean, it's, uh, you know, I'm I'm known as the tough one, so I can't just, you know. So, so you're basically soft, saying, like, decide. like almost everybody else who's seen the movie, you 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 cried like a baby, Is right? But I saying? cried at a different scene. I <laughs> well, cried. when I showed up, <laughs> yeah, I'm so as bad. soon as I saw you come through, <laughs> oh god, no, no, Hannity's in the movie. Oh god, no, not again. It's my day off. No, there's a, there's a scene <laughs> in the movie which no. I think is in the trailer as well. So I don't I don't think I'm giving anything away. All right, play the trailer. But There's okay, people. let's play the trailer. All right, play it. Yeah, 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 I'm coming. You're drunk? Oh, you can't pull the wool over your eyes. The basic tenet of Christianity. Whoa, 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 whoa. Don't you dare tell me about the love and the compassion of your so-called God. What do you think it does to the boys to take the death of their brother and use it as part of your carnival act? Pays the bills. Clinically dead in the ambulance. Four minutes. It's a miracle. I saw Davy. Now, all I wanted to do was just, I wanted to put my arms around him. I don't know what to do with it. You've gotten the best scientific explanation. It hasn't brought you any comfort. Would you consider consulting a different source? Aki is your God, and he's holding out his hand to you. All you gotta do now is take it. Jesus gets whacked, right? I've never exactly heard it put that way, but yeah. Follow me here. This ain't brain surgery. Do you believe that God hears? God always answers prayers. Sometimes we just don't understand the answers. This better be good. That's what I said. I don't want to lose you. So my first question is, are you guys ready for the amount of heat that'll be coming your way with this? I, you cried when I showed up. I'm getting, That's the only part you no, cried. No, no, no. It's the scene where, and I think it's. I think you have to be a parent. I mean, that's just my humble opinion. I think that once you have mm-hmm. a child, it changes everything. But when he actually talks about seeing his child, like you know, you lose your child, and then you cross over and you see the light, and you see the face of your child that you have sadly lost, who's gone on to the next. A lot of people place. cried during. They're not that alone there. That scene to me was the saddest part of the whole movie. It was so so um, sad. I don't want to give the movie away. It's it will this movie takes you on an emotional roller coaster ride. And the reactions I and all the work that I've done 30 years in radio, 23 years in in television now. Um I've never gotten universal reaction like this that it is impacting people deeply. Anyway, because of all of you and and you went to see it last weekend, we have now pretty much doubled the number of theaters. If you liked it, please tell your friends. We don't have any marketing money. We're, this is it. I'm the marketer. Um, and uh, it's it's really touching people's lives, which is the only reason I got involved in this. 
which is a pain in my neck in so many other ways. And it's also something and where I, you can take your family. I, that's what I you needed, take your whole family. Job. You can take your whole family to it, and uh, it's in theaters. It's called Let There Be Light. Um, get this. Did you see Nancy Pelosi saying she doesn't care that Hillary rigged the primary? She doesn't care. I bet if it was Donald Trump, she'd care and care a lot. Same Nancy Pelosi, who's not sure which president's in office right now, right? Yeah, that same one. But yeah. my focus is on the next election. She said, I don't have a spare second to be thinking about comments that went on with my within the DNC. I have a responsibility for what I have a responsibility for. I don't have any interest in what I don't have any responsibility for when it comes to other campaigns. Wow. And then she bragged on Friday that she's the Democratic Party's biggest fundraiser. And, you know, sloughed off the idea that her leadership position requires her to delve into these intra-party squabbles. I haven't had time to be reading any of that anyway. There will be all kinds of books written about what happened, she said. And then inadvertently citing the title of Clinton's latest book, What Happened? Wow. I don't care. The networks don't care. Hillary steals an election. They don't care. ABC, World News Tonight, NBC, Nightly News, CBS Evening News. If you had any doubt for any second how how corrupt these people are, this ought to prove it to you. This is it. Not a second of coverage. It's just, you know, just look, act like it doesn't happen. It's like it's it, like it never happened. If you listen to ABC, NBC, CBS, just unbelievable. It's just going to ignore the whole thing. Greg Jarrett, my colleague at Fox, he's such a good legal mind and researcher. You know, we've been told for a year by Hillary and her team how the election was stolen from her. She stole the election from Bernie Sanders. Absolutely rigged it, stole it. In the United States of America. A stunning revelation. And, you know, the whole thing is spelled out in this Politico article, I don't have a copy of the book yet, or else as soon as I get it, I'm going to run a deep dive into it. Anyway, when she took over at the DNC for Debbie Wasserman Schultz, apparently they were in dire circumstances. Barack Obama had bankrupted them. Well, then there's an opportunity for Clinton to seize command of the entire party apparatus, and she offered, signed a deal to pay off their debt, $20 million, but in exchange, the DNC executed a written hidden agreement transferring to Clinton the committee's finances, their strategy, all money raised, all to the benefit of Clinton and the detriment of Bernie Sanders, her primary opponent. This this is spectacularly corrupt. And there was even more money being shuffled around. Now, this is where some legality comes in. And in other, in other words, it was, you know, during Clinton's fundraising efforts with the DNC, that they had all around the country, more than $82 million was raised. The states then would immediately kick back nearly all of that share to the DNC, which we now know was kicked back right into the coffers of Hillary Clinton and her campaign. And with Clinton controls of the Democratic Party, she controlled staffing. She controlled budgeting, data, analytics, mailings, money. Well, she was able to overcome the primary challenge that was real, it was a real clear present danger to her blind ambition of Bernie Sanders. Now, so she rigged the election process. She stole the, the election. Now, this is where Greg Jarrett comes in. The FEC needs to launch an investigation. 
And by the way, should the Department of Justice and the FBI, because Clinton may very well have violated several laws which would constitute serious crimes. And as Greg points out, the federal law sets strict limits on campaign contributions. Financial records must now be subpoenaed to determine whether those laws were broken. Like, for example, Clinton spent money for the phony Russian dossier that, you know, Russian propaganda, Russian lies so that she could use Russian information to steal the election from Trump. The very thing she's so upset about she was guilty of anyway. So, you know, this is a lot like given her past record of Whitewater and her cattle futures deal. There is a strong chance there's going to be a big document trail here that will lead to multiple violations of the FEC, the Federal Elections Campaign Act. And if Donna Brazil's account of all this is true, it's likely the campaign finance reporting laws were broken under the same act. You can't hide campaign money through false, misleading campaign reports. That's illegal. And by the way, in many cases, it's not just a civil penalty. And the funneling of campaign funds from one source to another, well, that may even be an, an issue for the FBI to look into money laundering. Because any transaction that seeks to conceal or disguise proceeds of illegal activity, that by definition is money laundering. So then it could be shown that Clinton violated contribution limits or reporting requirements and then channeling of the proceeds from one source to another. That's laundering money. So we need a special counsel again, except this time it ought to be into the dossier that she paid for and everything else. And Uranium One. There's so much corruption with these people. Now, Trump was out there. I, I understand the president's. Fr- well, I don't know what Jeff Sessions is doing these days. It's beyond frustrating. All I can tell you is this. There was no collusion. There was no nothing. It's a disgrace, frankly, that they continue. You want to look at Hillary Clinton and you want to look at the new book that was just put out by Donna Brazil, where she basically bought the DNC and she stole the election from Bernie. So that's what you ought to take a look at. I don't know. I'm really not involved with the Justice Department. I'd like to let it run itself. But honestly, they should be looking at the Democrats. They should be looking at Podesta and all of that dishonesty. They should be looking at a lot of things. And a lot of people are disappointed in the Justice Department. We're like the only ones reporting this. Now, we have an exclusive interview next with uh, investigative reporter Ed Klein, the plot to destroy Trump. We'll get to that. These are amazing times we are living in. What a sad state of affairs for media in America when you have a Democratic presidential candidate, woman that was the first lady of the United States, senator from the state of New York, first lady of the great state of Arkansas. And it's now revealed she rigged a presidential election primary and your dishonest, corrupt, lying, ideological media don't even report on it. We're going to get to all of this. Ed Klein, investigative reporter, the plot to destroy Trump will also be investigating the Bergdahl decision and Corey Feldman on a pedophilia. Apparently it's widespread in Hollywood. Straight ahead. This fake dossier it was made up and I understand they paid a tremendous amount of money and Hillary Clinton always denied it. The Democrats always denied it. Well, I think the uranium sale to Russia and the way it was done so underhanded with tremendous amounts of money being passed, I actually think that's Watergate modern age. 
this was the Democrats coming up with an excuse for losing an election. It's an election that's very hard for a Democrat to lose because the Electoral College is set in such a way that it's very hard to lose that election for a Democrat. They lost it. They lost it very badly and very easily. I mean, you look at the votes. It was 306 to what, 223 or something. They lost it by a lot. They didn't know what to say, so they made up the whole Russia hoax. Now it's turning out that the hoax has turned around, and you look at what's happened with Russia, and you look at the uranium deal, and you look at the fake dossier, so that's all turned around. We know there was a huge amount of content being produced in places like Macedonia. We know that WikiLeaks, which is basically a front now for uh, Putin, uh, was more than willing to publish uh, stolen emails from the DNC, from John Podesta, and that then those emails were weaponized with ridiculous, absurd, untrue stories being uh, churned out, on and on. So there's a lot we know already. You're fo you followed this extremely closely. Well, I started following this back in the summer of 2016 because there was something going on. Um, when the DNC hack happened, you know, we had a huge political crisis when Republicans physically broke in to the Democratic Party's records back in the so-called Watergate years. This is a different kind of theft. And it's... Do you think it, this is bigger than Watergate? I think it's probably uh, bigger than Watergate because it is about the future. You said Bob Mueller's a zealot. He is. And you were emphatic about it. He is. I had experiences a, with him. A, a, a what kind of experience? Well, uh, I had a case, and my colleague, Harvey Civilglade, and I went to see him in Washington, and we started to talk about prosecutorial and misconduct and misconduct by the FBI, and he cut us off. And he said, it's a non-starter to talk to me about FBI misconduct or prosecutorial misconduct. It's a non-starter. He doesn't want to hear about that. He is in the business of protecting the FBI, protecting protecting prosecutors at all costs. I don't suggest he's unethical, but he's very zealous, and he uses well, I, a tactic I would, that's very questionable. I would argue, then, that's probably what makes him good at his job. It is, makes that, him, is that wrong? It makes him effective at his job, but the job of a prosecutor is to do justice, not to get as many notches on his belt as possible, and I think this tactic... You believe that's what he's... Well, I think he's... Look, he is the special counsel. He has an enormous budget. He has a man with his target on his back, the president of the United States. <clears throat> He's not going to be satisfied until he gets to the president or people very close to him. That's the danger of a special prosecutor. Wow, Alan Dershowitz in that last comment, pretty powerful. You know, Hillary will blame anybody and everybody. There's no evidence at all that any Republican had anything to do whatsoever with the DNC leaks of WikiLeaks and Julian Assange. I wish somebody, Mueller or somebody, in, besides Dana Rohrabacher and myself, would ask the one guy on the face of this earth what evidence he has that would show it's not Russia and we could put this whole mess to an end. And the American people deserve a tr the truth after all this, whatever the truth is. And he's told me multiple times, it's not Russia. Like him, dislike him, doesn't matter. He's the one that knows. Anyway, was this all a massive plot to destroy Donald Trump? Was it actually organized and orchestrated? 
In other words, I've always talked about five forces against the president, the deep state. And, of course, you got liberal Democrats. They don't want the president to succeed. This president has dealt with nearly a leak a day of intelligence and then unmasking and and then leaking intelligence and, and, you know, all this stuff happening. Then you got a media that hates him. Then you got Republicans that hate him. Then you got never Trumpers that are at war with him. Was this a plan that was hatched and who did it? Well, that's the thesis of a brand new book by Ed Klein. It's called The Plot to Destroy Donald Trump. Ed Klein, you may remember, former uh, foreign editor of Newsweek, former editor-in-chief of the New York Times Magazine, contributing editor of Vanity Fair. And every time you write a book, all those people that you used to know, love, and uh, (laughs) like, and that praised your work, they hate you. Is there a plot to destroy? Was this plot hatched in December, as you're saying? And what evidence do you have? Well, according to a senior Clinton campaign strategist who worked for Hillary in both 2008 and 2016, Hillary Clinton personally authorized her campaign chairman, John Podesta, to launch this controversial Donald Trump Russian dossier. Not only that, Hillary approved Podesta's decision to pay for the dossier by funneling campaign funds, I believe unlawfully. Now, it's interesting because this has just all come out after a year of lying And this book had to go to press how long ago? Oh, I'd say about two months ago. Yeah. I mean, for those that don't know the publishing business, you knew about this two months ago. Yes. And now we've been able to prove that. Uh, Absolutely pinned it down, Sean. There's no question in my mind. She paid for the dossier. The dossier was delivered to the Clinton campaign by Fusion GPS. That's the opposition research firm in the summer of 2016. And Hillary read it. And I'm told by this campaign strategist who was there, she was thrilled by its salacious content. She even bragged about it, so much so that the people in her Brooklyn campaign headquarters knew about it. They all knew about it. Not all. The top echelon knew about it. And she said, and I'm quoting now, according to this campaign strategist, this is my secret weapon and it's going to blow Trump out of the water. That's what she said. And it all ended up being... Hillary, DNC, Obama bought and paid for lies, propaganda, misinformation, disinformation. That's right. From Russia. From Kremlin secret intelligence service types who are working to get this disinformation into this is our the, system. And this is the dossier that claimed that Donald Trump was in the Ritz-Carlton with two hookers who were urinating in his bed. All BS, as you know. All of it. Right. And yet it was repeated all over television. Well, even worse than that, Jennifer Palmieri, who is the communications director yeah. of uh, Hillary's campaign. Total hack. Yeah. Oh, boy. And Brian Fallon, her press secretary, leaked this stuff to friendly reporters and congressmen. And this stuff got into large circulation among the media, which did not repeat the words because they couldn't prove it. But the very thesis that there was a collusion took effect, and that's where it started to spread. If you listen to the left, they're going to tell you, and their arguments all over TV, which is is predicated on a lie, is that— well, Republicans, and now we know it was the Washington Free Beacon and what's his name, Paul uh, Singer, Springer, Singer, Singer. Uh, that that they funded this. That's true. But they, they didn't. Started, fun, they, no, didn't they, fund, they didn't fund Steele's research, that's right. which is a very big distinction. None very of this big. was Russian related. They were just doing simple op research. Op research, right? In your book, mm-hmm. you say that this is a plot. Everyone's yes. going to say you're a conspiracy theorist. That it was a real plot. 
to destroy Trump. I assume you're talking about the deep state and other ways that was initiated in the Obama White House. Does this have to do with the unmasking? Yes. Does this have to do with intelligence leaking? On December 16, Susan Rice, the National Security Advisor, was invited the family quarters of the White House for a dinner. My source was at this dinner. She un- she presented a scheme or a plot or whatever you want to call it to unmask the names of Trump aides and advisors that were gathered when the NSA was doing electronic intercepts and to unmask these names. And then she asked the president for permission to, ha- to spread these names throughout the intelligence community with the knowledge that if she did so, they would leak to the press. This is where it all began on in this meeting, and the president sat there and approved it. So Obama. All of, all, so in other words, when when you hear some, the the UN ambassador Samantha Power in the course of an election year, now this I guess predates this meeting with Susan Rice and, and the residents of the White House because she was unmasking with two hundred and thirty some odd, almost right? a, a, an unmasking a day. And why right. would the UN ambassador ever need to do that? She that did, she and didn't. you got Susan Rice and right. Ben Rhodes and everybody else involved in this. Yeah, Ben Rhodes is a big, big player in this unmasking thing because he was Susan Rice's deputy, but he really, in a sense, ran the National Security Council under Susan Rice. And he was the guy, of course, who did the Iran deal for Obama. He's a real bad actor in this situation. You claim, and I think I'm one of the few in the country that believes and knows and understands what the deep state means. Yes. And there is a deep state. And the FBI has infiltrated the deep state. And And I actually print an FBI report in this book about that. Okay. This is what I want to know. You have two exclusive FBI reports in the right. book that prove the existence, A, of the deep state that are working against Trump. I'll get to the ISIS side of it in a second. How do you have that information? What do those reports specifically say and claim? Well, those reports say that agents of the FBI, and this is a written report, you know, that I actually saw that was delivered to the director of the FBI from the field offices. About 2,000 interviews took place, and they infiltrated meetings in Washington and other places where these rogue elements in the bureaucracy were being taught and told how to slow walk the, the agenda of the Trump administration, how to make files disappear, how to erase computer files. And a lot of this information was being instructed to them by union organizers. And this took place in a church in Washington, D.C. This is one meeting. So this is a the the FBI has no doubt they didn't use the word deep state, but they did describe what is the deep state. All right, we'll come back. We'll pick it up. Ed Klein is with us. The plot to destroy Trump. How many number one bestsellers have you had? This will be the third. This will be very confidently. How many bestsellers have you had? Well, this one is going to be a best, number one. Number I, one. I, I kind of suspect you're right. All right, we'll take a break. Uh, more with Ed Klein. We have a lot of ground to cover here. We may hold them past the uh, bottom of the hour. As we continue, Sean Hannity Show. Joining us is Ed Klein, number one New York Times bestselling author. His brand new book out, The Plot to Destroy Trump. And we were talking about the deep state and how they're working against Trump. Now, if they, we know that this deep state exists and they're what we're really talking about is weaponizing the powerful tools of intelligence gathering where they could listen into any conversation of any American any time. That's right. You know, Bill Binney, who's been on this program, says every call, every email. Uh, every text message is all metadata right. 
gathered and secured in some of these data centers that the government has. And we know that the intelligence community set out from the very beginning with John Brennan, who was then the head of the CIA, to undermine Donald Trump. And Brennan was a terrible, terrible uh opponent of Trump. He, he he hated the idea that Donald Trump was trying to make a deal with the Russians on certain areas where they could cooperate, such as, for instance, Syria. He did. And and this is this went against Brennan's uh, religion, if you want to call it that, and the religion of the intelligence community. And this intelligence community has been rogue ever, ever since Trump won the election. Well, to me, that is key, because if, if the weaponry of intelligence is turned against the American people, and it has been, if you're unmasking Americans for no good reason at all, just for political purposes, for example, was the FISA warrant based on the phony, salacious well, we Hillary Clinton bought and paid for dossier? We don't know, but we assume that probably was. Oh, I think it was. Yeah, I do, too. Now, that would mean any evidence that they gotten out of that would be inadmissible in court, wouldn't it? Right. Why otherwise would James Comey have uh, briefed Trump and Obama on this dossier if he, if he didn't think it was uh, valuable and usable for intelligence purposes? It wouldn't make sense. No, of course not. In a a lot of different ways. All right. What about the FBI reports warning that ISIS ties to the anti-Trump resistance and highlighting the danger of domestic terrorism from anti-Trump radicals? You're saying basically this is a propaganda campaign that was hatched. You're talking about the ISIS connection, right? Okay. Here's the FBI, what they say. Quote, there is clearly overwhelming evidence that there are growing ties between U.S. radicals and the Islamic State, as well as several ISIS offshoots and splinter groups. This is the greatest challenge to law enforcement, and this is still a quote, since the Weather Underground and the Black, Black Panther Party. And, ha- and who's connected to this? So here's what happened. The FBI, in the summer of uh, 2016, sent a group of agents to Germany for the G20 uh Summit. Summit of, of um, chief, uh, what do you call it, industrialized countries. Right. And there were a lot of protests on the street, and they discovered that Antifa, these American violent groups, were taking part in these protests. So they followed them. And what they discovered is that they had contacts with al-Qaeda operatives and ISIS operatives. And when they went deeper into it with Interpol and others, they discovered that our locally grown left-wing anarchists— who are smashing everybody, you know, property and beating up people. Occupy were, Wall Street, yeah, Antifa. That whole, those whole groups were getting instructions on how to make bombs and how to use... From top, who? And how do from, you know from, this? From, how do I know? The from FBI? the FBI report, yeah. And you're printing the report inside the, the book? The entire report is printed. Uh, we continue with uh, Ed Klein. He's the former foreign editor for Newsweek, former editor of the New York Times Magazine, and contributing editor to Vanity Fair, apparently, though, is hated now by the left, and his new book is The Plot to Destroy Trump. You know, if you look at all of the intelligence leaks, which is unprecedented, even Jimmy Carter recently revealed there's never been a president that has come under fire like Donald Trump has come under fire. It's almost been a leak a day, especially in the beginning of his presidency. And then you look at the varying groups that are against him. The Democrats are against him, except for with the exception of me and a few others giving him a fair shot 
Everybody else is against him in the media. There's, they're like salivating at the thought of taking this president down. Uh, Democrats don't want him to succeed. Never Trumpers don't want him to succeed. And then you got people like, you know, Ben Sass the ass and, and you know, people like, you know, Snowflake out in Arizona who's right. threatening to run independent and John McCain and, and a bunch of others. They don't want him to succeed. So where does that leave us as a country if everybody's lined up because they don't like the choice of the American people? Are you saying that you believe the evidence is they want to overturn a duly elected president? That's the results. Ex- that's exactly what I'm saying. And one of the groups that you left out were the colleges and universities. And there's an FBI report on that, too, by the way. And they, the report says, and I'm going to quote from the report, we have information. This is the FBI report that there are numerous caches of weaponized tools and the ingredients to manufacture improvised explosive devices on college campuses across the country. This is the greatest challenge to law enforcement since the Weather Underground and the Black Panther. Pretty frightening and chilling scenario. Uh, Absolutely. And we see tensions rising all over on college campuses. I mean, you can't be a conservative and speak at the original home of the free speech movement out in Berkeley. I want to ask you about Hillary because I've been spending an awful lot of time because I think what she did was sell out America's national security, and I've been very blunt. And I think the idea on the surface that anybody would give the bad actor, Vladimir Putin, and a hostile regime such as Russia, 20% of our uranium, the foundational materials for nuclear weapons, and that the FBI knew, and that means Mueller knew because he was the FBI director at the time, and Eric Holder had to know because he's the head of, he's the AG, and he's the head of the Department of Justice, which oversees the FBI. And Rod Rosenstein, you know, was a local guy that was overseeing the case. He knew about it. Why would anybody ever, for any reason, ever, think it's a good idea putting all the money issues aside to sign off on saying here Vladimir here's 20% of our uranium what did we get for that the only answer to possible answer to that question is you have to understand the mentality of the Clintons and the Clintons have for the last 40 years been doing nothing but trying to enrich themselves and empower themselves how much money do you need well they've got now what a couple of but two hundred million or more dollars? I'm told. Right. <clears throat> the foundation got what one hundred and thirty-five million dollars in donations from Russian-connected donors while she was approving this uranium sale. Bill Clinton got, as you know, half a million dollars for a single speech from a bank connected to the Russians. I mean, right. we well, know I mean, all this stuff. It's not only just connected to the Russians. But yeah, you're right. Renaissance had a had a financial interest in the whole Uranium That's One right. deal. And Bill Clinton was seeking permission from his own wife's State Department to speak with nuclear officials. He was pushing the Uranium One deal. And where was the FBI during all this, I'd like to know? Well, this is the Under thing. Under Mueller, where were they? Well, this is what we know, because, you know, this is why the, the push that we had so hard last week that did pay off which was lifting the non-disclosure agreement, basically a gag order on the one person that had actually infiltrated on behalf of the FBI, the FBI informant. But he's got tapes and he's got emails. He's got firsthand accounts. He's got documents. And they had pretty much muzzled him up until now. But thankfully, because of Sarah Carter and John Solomon and I would argue myself a little bit, that NDA was lifted. So the veil is going to come off all of this. But Mueller knew And that means that Holder knew. Holder personally signed off. He was one of the nine along with Hillary. Well, Mueller worked for Holder. But but they knew bribery, extortion, money laundering, kickbacks, and, and all sorts of racketeering crimes were happening 
as a result of Putin using spies in this country. No question about what you're saying. And even, you know, the Wall Street Journal has come to this own conclusion, too. This is the establishment Republican newspaper saying Mueller should go. Should go. Right. Well, so then the question is, you know, finally we've got congressional investigations. But I think unless we get a separate special prosecutor, why would Mueller ever do anything that's going to expose himself? Here's what or I've McCabe been, or, what, or Rosenstein or, right. or Holder. Here's what I've been told by my sources at the Justice Department. There are a group of prosecutors newly appointed during the Trump administration who have been lobbying Jeff Sessions for a number of weeks now to appoint just exactly what you said, a special prosecutor for Hillary Clinton. He has refused to do it. Why? What is he doing? He has refused, adamantly refused to do it. He says, I don't want, this is what he says, I'm not agreeing with him. I don't want to politicize the Justice Department by going after an opponent of the president. But the fact of the matter is, the Evidence is so overwhelming and incontrovertible. Right. So I'm sure the president knows about this. I I have no I don't know for a fact, but I assume he must know about it. And because it's not as if I know about it, certainly the people in the White House know about it. And I don't know, you know, maybe eventually he'll shift sessions to another cabinet and get an attorney general who should do his job. Well, Rosenstein's number two, and he has a conflict, obviously, in this right. case, because he knew on a local level when he was a local whatever DA or, you know, I guess one of the districts in Maryland, I guess he was running at the mm-hmm. time. To me, they sold out. But there's no rational, logical, commonsensical reason that anybody can give me that we would give a bad actor and a hostile regime, 20% of our uranium. Now, I know the Clintons benefited financially, Bill in his speech, and he advocated for it. And we know that, you know, that the foundation benefited to the tune, according to Clinton Cash, Peter Schweitzer, $145 million, but there's no rational reason for it. Why would Obama sign off on it? What did America get from him? Why would everyone else sign off on this? There's no good reason. To, there's no answer to your question, because it's so obvious that they shouldn't have done it. It's against national security. It's against anything he that sold America- it out. That's I mean, right. it, it compared, I would say the worst deal is the Iranian deal, you know, giving one hundred and fifty billion dollars right. to the mullahs of Iran, thinking that they're going to be cooperative. That's the same mistake Bill Clinton made with North Korea, trying to bri- bribe Kim Jong Il, mm-hmm. Kim Jong Un's father. And I'm looking at the same as this has got to be the second biggest strategical foreign policy disaster decision that we've ever had. And have you seen any mainstream newspaper say this? Listen, I think the reason I'm number one in cable and our show's exploding is because we're telling the truth. That's right. The American people need to hear. And the mainstream media is ignoring it. Because this is a scandal of enormous proportions. See, this is the point. They don't care about Russian. They don't care about Russian interference in our election, do they? No, obviously they don't. Otherwise, they'd be doing something about it. So let's go back one more time to the whole issue of the decision to fund the dossier right. by the by Clinton and her campaign and right. John Podesta funneling it through a law firm. It turns out the DNC funneled money through the same law firm. Yes. And we learned this weekend that Obama funded money through the law firm to give to Fusion GPS. Right. OK, so then the dossier is delivered to Hillary Clinton. Do right. you know somebody in the room when she got handed this document? I do not. How do you, you heard about the reaction, though? Uh, yes, from this senior guy who is a strate- was a strategist for the c- campaign and heard her boasting and bragging about it, not the, the day she got it, but later on when she was saying this is going to blow 
Trump out of she the water. She thought she had the election then. That's right. She was absolutely confident she had the election. I don't think anybody in the media knew, but the, except me, that Trump had a shot at winning. I agree. You know, I remember the night of the election. I don't know if you remember this, but I'm, I'm watching all the channels, and it was like a funeral. You know, once North Carolina comes in and, and Wisconsin came in and then Michigan and Florida, they just, I thought they, they'd all lost their mother, father, sister, brother, aunt, uncle, and, and every cousin and grandparent they ever had. And they're still, the- still acting as though they have. They're still in this state of denial. They don't want, one of the reasons that Hillary Clinton is still talking about, without using the word impeachment, but certainly hinting at what she'd like to see is because she believes this election was stolen from her. It's somebody else's fault. She didn't lose the election. All right. Let me let me ask this. Moving forward, I would assume we're going to have more leaks from the deep state. Moving forward, I would assume that they the real target of Mueller is Donald Trump. I think there are some naively around the president that think, oh, no, he just wants to wrap this sucker up and and he's got Manafort. He'll probably get General Flynn next. And after that, we're all done. There won't be any evidence of collusion because he wants to get out of it because he doesn't want to be dragged into the the whole issue of Uranium One, which he was involved in and should have acted on. I spoke to a, um, a pollster who spoke to David Axelrod when Flynn was fired and Ax- David Axelrod, the architect of both of Obama's election victory said, we're not that interested in Flynn. Our ultimate goal is Trump. Trump. So it would be naive to think anything else. Absolutely. And can you imagine if the Democrats take over the House of Representatives? They'll impeach him. They will definitely try. They will try to impeach him. There's no question in my mind. All right. Well, good luck with the new book. We put it up on Hannity.com. It's in bookstores everywhere. It's just out. Uh, Investigative reporter Ed Klein, his new book, The Plot to Destroy Trump. And you can read it yourself, make your own decisions, and uh, thank you, Ed. Great to be here. Thanks so much. All right, my friend, 800 941 toll-free telephone number. All right, Corey Feldman is up next. Hannity at 9, a new list of theaters for Let There Be Light. Bring your tissues on Hannity.com. All right, let's get to our busy uh, telephones here. 800 941 toll-free telephone number. Richard in Canada. Richard, hi. How are you? Glad you called. Hi, Hi, Sean. Uh, isn't the smoking gun for Uranium One the fact that Obama's DOJ actually threatened the FBI informant if he went public with his information? Isn't that the most significant thing? Well, I mean, apparently this guy has wanted to tell... I, well, look, I know for a fact he's wanted to tell his story for a long time. And he was absolutely told there'd be massive repercussions if it happens. Now, unless and until I speak with a guy, I can't confirm it. But yeah, I would assume that a lot of people wanted this guy to keep take his evidence and shove it because it's, yeah. it's, it's causing a lot. Why do you think Hillary's talking about me every day now? Talking about me because she can't stand the coverage. Oh, 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 they're acting like I'm president. No, we're not. We're just trying to have equal justice under the law. And we're tired of your lying and your corruption. What about Senator Grassley? He's called for, an, uh, for a special counsel. You mean the Sessions won't listen even to Senator Grassley? Well, I, look, I mean, I'll be honest. I think Congress has been so slow to this game, it's pathetic. But with that said, I can't complain that finally they're beginning to listen to what I've been telling them for months and months and months. And it's like using a sledgehammer when it just needed a scalpel. It's ridiculous overkill, but we got it through. All right, my friend, thank you. Don, Lake Ronkonkoma, our good friend Don, welcome aboard, my friend. Hey, Sean. Listen, before I get to my question, I have two congratulations to you. One on your high ratings on Hannity. Congratulations to you, my friend. Thank you. And uh, my wife and I thoroughly enjoyed Let There Be Light this Saturday afternoon. 
Did you cry? Be honest, Don. Did it make you cry? I, I, I welled up. It was a, an ending I wasn't expecting. That, well, that's what it's supposed to be. Uh, yeah. Okay, a lot of people cried in the movie. The great news is... I think we're more than because of last week and only because of last week, we'll double the theaters. At last thing, you know, I'll say this because we, we won by leaps and bounds. Number one show in cable in every demo. And everybody, when they were writing, I'm going back to nine, said I was going to get my ass kicked. <laughs> everybody said I was dead. Everybody no. said oh, he's finished. I was already winning at 10 o'clock. You know, yeah. I'm just like, okay, you guys, I'm game on. Let's play. All right. The first month is on, you know, over. And I just want to say thank you to the best audience on TV and radio. You know, I can't do what I do, Don. You know this. Yeah. Unless people help me and well, watch. Your monologues are just top notch, my friend. Well, we're really working are. hard every day. I can tell you that. Yeah, absolutely. I've got a question for you. Yeah. Through your incredible efforts and Sarah Carter and John Solomon and Representative David Nunes and author Peter Schweitzer, it's been established that Crooked Hillary and the DNC bankrolled that phony Russian dossier story. Yes, sir. And it's now festering into one of the biggest American scandals of all times. It's bigger than Watergate. It's bigger than the McCarthy hearings. Okay. Has anyone tried to calculate the cost of the, to the American taxpayer for this uh, wild goose chase? You know, we haven't done that yet. I'll tell you two things. You know what? We're, we're tracking. Tonight, I'm going to show you how corrupt this special counsel is. We're going to investigate the investigators. Nobody's done it. We'll do it tonight. And we're going to show you just how dishonest and corrupt, with no fidelity to the truth, the media has now become, how abusively biased. So, as usual, you're right on track, and I promise we're going to hit that hard. Thank you fraud investigation ever fed a hungry child. Yeah, you're right. Good point. You know, and that's why the good news, consumer confidence, all these great economic indicators, we actually did something. We could help the people that deserve help in this country instead of, you know, trying to take down the president and having to spend my time defending against these ridiculous efforts every day. All right, Don, love you. You're the best. 800-941-SEAN. I want to make a feature film, which is why we need the budget that we need. There's actors, there's scripts, there's special but is it effects, going to involve real effects. people, real names of people active in Hollywood it right now? It will be a very true story. We will have every name that, every everybody that affected my life, I'm going to give the perspective that I can give what I viewed, what I experienced from a first-hand account. And, and why do you no need lawyers. $10 million? Film students make movies for fractions. Well, that's a fra- film student. We're talking about a theatrical release. We're talking about I'm going to four-wall the theaters, I'm going to self-distribute, self-market, make the film, and hire a team of attorneys who are going to pr- protect me and the film when everybody comes Today after me. You- what would be wrong with going to the police now again? Didn't work out in San- Santa Barbara. There's a Barbara. statute of limitations, Matt, in the state of California, which protects people. It's not that way in New York. It's that way only where the movie industry is, conveniently enough, in California. That's the seriousness of this. You cannot, because if I were to go to the police, I would be the one who's getting sued. Henceforth, I need a team of lawyers, and I need a team of security to be around me at all times to keep me safe so I can get this message done. I'm not playing around. It's serious stuff. And I vow I will release every single name that I have any knowledge of. That was Corey Feldman. He was on the Today Show getting badgered by Matt Lauer. Corey has started what he is calling a truth campaign to expose what is widespread pedophilia that goes on in Hollywood. Now, we've all heard about Harvey Weinstein, and we followed that, and Kevin Spacey making an advance when he was in his late 20s towards a 14-year-old and all the other allegations. You know, I guess we can say that 
what adults choose to do is their business. I'm pretty libertarian on what people choose to do in their own lives. But if you're going to abuse children, this goes way beyond the casting couch that we have discussed in such detail. And what Corey has now been saying for years is that he, as a child actor, was abused. And how often have we heard about, you know, young kids, they want to get in the music business, they want to get in the modeling business, they want to get in the acting business. And sure, you do this favor, that favor, and we can help you. And it's more widespread, Corey's telling us, than we ever knew. Corey Feldman and his wife, Courtney, are with us. Welcome to the program. How are you? Thank you. Well, a bit shook up after the week I've had, but still surviving and still fighting the good fight. What did you think of Matt Lauer's questioning, you know, like you're supposed to, you know, automatically do what he wants you to do and name names. You're saying, beyond any doubt, you were abused as a child. How old were you when you were abused? I was abused when I was, well, several times throughout my teenage young teenage years uh but it started the first one was when i was i believe 14 and it went till i was about 16 and that was daily widespread abuse and you're saying this is very common in hollywood well so we're very clear what happened to me was there were several people involved and you know they were a group of friends you know and these people become your friends so as a child you're not looking at it as you know this is some big bad pervert that's coming to get me and it's not a casting couch it's not hey do this for me it's not tit for tat it's not like that the way it comes to you is lower level people you know, it's not some big executive that comes along and just does something this is to different, you. It's, but- it's different than Harvey Weinstein in the sense that, you know, these are usually lower level people, publicists and managers and assistants and people like that who and, and photographers. You know, I mean, I know there's a lot of photographers in the teen magazine world and all of that. And that's where it all, you know, kind of subsides is in that lower level. And then it's almost, you know, like they serve a master of some sort, because then I know about, you know, the main guy, right, who I who I've been talking about forever, who who attacked, you know, my friend. And that was a straight rape case. And, and we, and we would case, know the name. Everybody listening would know the name of this individual. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you're going to tell, you're going to name names and you're doing, I guess, a, a documentary. It's on not it. a documentary. What we want to do is an actual film. I want to make a film of my life which portrays the actual events as they happened. Because, you know, when I wrote my book, they made me edit it. They made me change it. They made me turn everything around because they weren't, you know, the, the lawyers, the legal people, they're always afraid of putting themselves in trouble, right? So I want to do a movie where I can use all the actual names of the actual people and I can tell the incidents in the stories and the horrific ways that I experienced them so people can really feel what it was like to go through these traumatic experiences as a child so they understand how it affects the psyche and how you have to deal with that later in life. How widespread is pedophilia in Hollywood? I don't have that answer. Do you? Do you? I, but I, I, but I don't I know. have the answer. Is how how widespread is it across the world? We've already seen the Catholic Church. I, but let me ask. This We've question. already seen. I agree. It's you know, horrible. The sports world, right? We've seen it uh, at at uh, Penn State. This is kind of going on all over, right? So we know it's not just. But Hollywood. you know of others. You know of many others in your industry that were victimized as children. Yes. In this regard, many. Yes. yes. Yeah. Um. Tell us about now. A lot of people are questioning your motives here. 
Um, you have called that you want to shine a light on what you've experienced and you want to prevent other people from ever having to go through the, the trauma and abuse that you've experienced. Absolutely. That's your reason. Well, there's more than that. This is about awareness. This is about awakening people all over the world to what's really going on. So it's, it's, it's about wanting to fight for what's right. It's about good and evil. To me, this is about good and evil. There is nothing purer than the innocence of children. Saving and preserving the innocence of children is the most important thing that we can do if we are going to survive as a race the time is now for us to stand up as one for what's most important period this, this is good and evil i do, i totally agree anyone that can abuse a child in any way shape manner or form it's horrific yeah and there's no uh, two ways about it. people want to mince words people want to make it a party thing it's not a party thing it's this not is funny not about that these are young kids lives that are ruined how badly is this impacted you personally in your own personal life and <sighs> Well, and I, can, I know I can ask your wife too, and you probably see how it's impacted him and his life. It's pro- I would I would I've guess I've been it- running from this my whole life. I've been trying to talk about it my whole life. I've been shunned. I've been disgraced. I've been discounted and discredited over this. But on top of it, obviously, my career was doing very well. Right, I was in 18 number one movies in a row. All of a sudden, I get arrested for drugs at 17 years old. Which, granted, I was a drug addict. I paid my dues and I did what I had to do. I got sober. Two years later, never returned. Good I've never been in the news, Good never been you. arrested, never had any of those problems for the last 25 years, okay? When was I ever given my Robert Downey Jr. second chance? When was I ever given that that shot to be back on top? Never. And, and you believe it's because people feared that you're telling the truth? People, or know that no, you're telling the truth. people knew at that time that I had a lot of information, and they knew that it was much better to sweep me under the carpet and forget about me yeah. than it was to allow me to become... But in fairness to you, you've become very successful in your musical career. And that's, yes, only because I did it independently. Again, yeah. no major label has ever backed me. Yeah. No major anything has ever backed me since all of this went down. I've been doing this on my own. I independently created a record label. I created a company. I created all of these things, both with my own finance, with independent financers and with even crowdsourcing i've made these things possible how but thank god for my fans or i wouldn't be here today well, that's well, the bottom that, line how how well known will some of the names be you talk about low-level people that are involved in this pedophilia right. how how many well-known household names there's only one that i know of but that's not yeah. the person that molested me so we have Got to it. be very clear. I cannot go on record and say he did these things because he didn't do them to me. I know the effects that it had on my best friend, and he told me I the story. I think I know the story. The he best friend the isn't alive now, is he? No, he's not. I so, know, the, I know so the story you're talking about. I know the torment that he went through, yeah. and I saw that torment from when he was 14 years old because that's when I was introduced to him, and that's when he told me about it, the very first day that we met. And this person, if I'm correct, was raped. He was raped. Courtney, um, I know you guys have been together five years you recently got married congratulations what impact do you see that all of this has had on your husband he he carries a lot of guilt and shame over the situation and i know that for his own healing i think it's really important for him to do this so that he can release this burden from his shoulders and, and kind of cleanse his, his self of this it's very important for him why i i and i'm asking just a, a straight up honest question you're a victim Corey. If you're 14, you're a kid. Yeah. You're a child. Yeah. 
These are adults we're talking about abusing you. Right. And look, I'm not a psychiatrist. I'm not a psychologist. Um, but to me, I would I would just say as an outsider that only wants you to be successful and happy in your life. That's all Thank I want you. for anybody. I would imagine you've got to get to a point where you understand you are a kid. You are a child. I you do. are abused. I do. And your wife is saying you you carry guilt. You, you, you're you not the party that should be guilty here. No, but it, you have to understand that when I go on my social media every single day, people sit there and tell me that I'm no better than the pedophiles themselves because I won't just name names. Because I won't throw myself under the bus and leave myself hung out to dry. That's what they expect of me. And it's wrong. It's wrong. But I have to deal with this every day. Look, at, I'm not trying to hide anything. I'm the most vocal person in Hollywood. Who else? Who else is standing with me right now? Everybody's like, it's almost like from Hollywood has said, I stand with Corey. Or yeah, I was there too. I know these stories. Those are true. Yeah, let me stand behind you and make sure that you don't get left to slaughter. Nobody has done it yet. I'm calling on you. Where are all my friends? Where are all my people in Hollywood? Where are you to stand up and say something about what I'm saying and show them this is legitimate and true? Everybody's afraid. Everybody's afraid. Take a quick break. A few more minutes with uh, Courtney and Corey Feldman. And as we continue with Corey Feldman, his wife Courtney is with us. He's launched a truth campaign. He's trying to shine a, a light of pedophilia in the modeling, music, Hollywood industry, and frankly, anywhere that it's taking place. There's so many people that are victims, and it's not the easiest thing to say, oh, so-and-so did it for me, because at that the moment you name a name, then it becomes a war. Right. And then you're, they're going to have their PRP. People. They're people. They're all going to yeah, surround and if you don't have the money to the fight that war, uh, they'll what be, happens? They'll beat the crap out of you. Okay, so this is Publicly. why I'm telling people. My mm-hmm. campaign that I have begun, Corey's Truth Campaign, it's on Indiegogo. Please go make a donation. If you want to win this war, I'm not saying that it's about money. I don't care about money. I've never been a money-driven person. A movie costs what a movie costs to make, okay? That's how I'm going to tell the story, okay? So let's say we've got a budget for the movie, we've got a budget for my protection, and we've got a budget for my legal fees. That's it. There's no extra layers here. There's nothing in my pocket. I don't care. I'm not trying to win off this. I'm trying to survive and I'm trying to show people that this is the truth. Here it is. It's a fight between good and evil. Stand with me. Show people that you are going to take my side and you're going to fight for what's right. But the reality is in modeling music and in Hollywood, and you're right, the Catholic Church, I was raised Catholic. I was was stunned, saddened, and angry when I saw not only what happened, but the cover-up surrounding it all. Yeah. And I, and I, I can't even go to the church anymore. That doesn't mean there aren't good priests, there aren't good people and bishops. And, and exactly. There are. And it's the same in Hollywood. But they covered it all right. up. Right. And the that's what thing. I'm saying. It's the same in Hollywood. I know I have good friends there. I've talked to three people this week who are Hollywood child actors who've said to me, we all know the names. There's we all gotta, know them. There's gotta but be. they say something. Why is every childhood actor, for the most part, there are exceptions. Um, Her camera, he seems He's actually found a way to live his life. Yeah, and he's and not he's messed a, up. He's Good a religious man. Nice he's man. He's got his thing. He's so nice. Yes. Yeah. But so many others, like the kids I grew up watching, and I'm, I don't know what how old you are, but they all come up. They they get out of the fame, and their lives but are so screwed up. Why do you think this is? Well, Let's I'm, look I'm, at the I'm beginning to listen to you. Problem. I'm beginning to listen to you. But the systematic drugs, problem alcohol. is this. Things right, but why? Why do they go to drugs and alcohol? Because they're trying to cover up pain. Some great trauma has had to have happened to them to force them to all want to do drugs and alcohol. Corey, I've never met you before you walked in the studio today. Never met you. That's true. You are extraordinarily convincing. I believe you. There's a sincerity to what you're saying and a passion in this. I think you're doing the right thing. And Thank if you. people 
want to uh, help you out, you can tell them where to go to help you. All right. Well, basically, the bottom line is my vision is to create a film that is an actual motion picture with actors, with scripts, with music, with visual effects, the whole thing. But through a child's perspective, showing what I lived, what I experienced, both with meeting all these amazing people and also these horrific experiences that I had to experience both in and out of my home. You know, I also suffered immense abuse physically and emotionally from my parents. So there's all of that is going to be in the movie. Last question. I remember your name came up with Michael Jackson, but you said he never mistreated you. That's right. And I think he was I think he was a pratfall. I think he was a scapegoat for this entire thing. I think they literally pinned it on him. Is it because, because he was so knew. different? And, and yeah, like, because he liked to be with the, kids. I mean, come on, it's an easy target, right? Well, and he gave that story, I tuck him in, I give him cookies, that famous, infamous yeah, video. It looks weird. It looks weird. But if you're the kind of person that, you know, the way I knew Michael... He just didn't think like normal people. He wasn't a guy. You didn't go like, hey, let's mm. go shoot, you know, a pistols. Game. Let's, yeah. let's go shoot a game or let's yeah. go, you know, play ball or let's go whatever. Let's go fishing. Let's go boating. He's not that guy. But I would argue, you know, looking back at his career that he got screwed up in the entertainment business big time. Well, that's exactly right. They turned on him. But why? Yeah. All so right. It all comes down to the big why. Anyway, Truth Campaign, it's mm-hmm. on Indiegogo.com. Mm-hmm. Your funds will help pay for the movie so I can expose the truth and it will be 100% true, unedited. On top of that. No lawyers? No lawyers. No distri- I'm taking care of the distribution. We're four walling the theaters. We're going to make sure it actually gets into theaters. I had okay? to do that. I had a if movie we get this the money. weekend. I had to do but that. But I got to get the money. That's the Understood. thing. If I don't get the money, there's no way I can actually possibly pay to do that. On top of that, I'm going to need lawyers to protect me from the people who are going to come after me. They're all going to make claims and they're all going to say it's fraudulent and blah, blah, blah. So I'm going to need to protect myself. I'm also going to need security because, as you can see, my life is probably in danger. We don't know, but I'm going to say there's a good chance. I I wish you success in exposing every one of these psychos. So uh, thank thank you you for being with us. Bless you and thank you. Sorry what has happened in your life, Courtney. You married way up. You know that, right? Thank you. Wait, like she's way out of your league. Of course, you know, a thousand miles. (laughs) I'm very grateful. All right, guys, thank you. Appreciate it. Good luck in this campaign. Thank you. Thank you. All right, eight hundred nine four one Sean toll free telephone number. President Trump's unprincipled effort to stoke a lynch mob atmosphere while seeking our nation's highest office has cast a dark cloud over the case. Every American should be offended by his assault on the fair administration of justice and his disdain for basic constitutional rights. Sergeant Bergdahl is grateful to his fellow soldiers and to the command at Fort Sam Houston who have respected his privacy attended to his medical needs and permitted him to do his duty as a soldier since his reintegration more than three years ago. Uh, This has been a terrible ordeal uh, against the background of ordeal that you're all familiar with. uh, The time during Judge Nance's deliberations has been particularly uh, uh, anxiety-inducing for obvious reasons. He's, He's certainly glad this is over. You know, there were a lot of people that died. I didn't hear the attorney for Bo Bergdahl in any way, shape, manner, or form mentioning the deaths of those fellow soldiers. Oh, they're great. He's grateful after he abandoned his post and was looking for the Taliban, which was all picked up on radio, which we had reported many, many times. And today uh, we'll do something I doubt the media will do. We'll mention the names of the people. Private First Class Morris Walker, he was killed while searching for Bo Bergdahl. 
Then you have Staff Sergeant Clayton Bowen. He was killed looking for Bo Bergdahl. And Staff Sergeant Kurt Curtis, he was killed looking for Bo Bergdahl. And Second Lieutenant Darren Andrews killed looking for Bo Bergdahl. And Private First Class Matthew Martinick killed while looking for Bergdahl. And Staff Sergeant Michael Murphy killed while looking for Bergdahl. So I think you understand that this idea he's grateful to his fellow soldiers and many others were injured in the process. Um, You had then President Obama basically calling him a hero. Let's compare his words to that of Donald Trump. Uh, With respect to how uh, we announced it, I think it was important for people to understand that uh, this is not some abstraction. This is not a political football. You have a couple of parents whose kid volunteered to fight in a distant land who they hadn't seen in five years and weren't sure whether they'd ever see again. Uh, And as Commander-in-Chief of the United States Armed Forces, uh, I am responsible for those kids. And I get letters from parents who say, if you are, in fact, sending my child into war, make sure that that child is being taken care of. And I write too many letters to folks who, unfortunately, uh, don't see their children again uh, after fighting a war. Um, I make absolutely no apologies for making sure that we get back uh, a young man to his parents and that the American people understand that uh, this is somebody's child um, and that uh, we don't condition whether or not we make the effort to try to get them back. Sergeant Bergwald, there are a lot of questions about how he originally was captured and whether or not he had deserted, had left uh, his post. Is that going to be investigated? And if it's found that he did indeed uh, leave his post, will he be disciplined or has already paid the price? <laughs> Certainly, uh, anybody who's been held in those conditions in captivity for five years has paid an extraordinary price. But that, that is really uh, not the point. The point is that he's back. He's going to be safely reunited with his family. He served the United States with honor and distinction. And and we'll have the opportunity eventually to, to learn what has transpired in, in the past years. But what's most important now is his health and well-being, that he have the opportunity uh, to recover in peace and security and be uh, reunited with his family, uh, which uh, is why this is such a joyous day. Our president doesn't have a clue. He's a bad negotiator. He's the one that did Bergdahl. We get Bergdahl. They get five killer terrorists that everybody wanted over there. We get Bergdahl. We get a traitor. We get a no good traitor. And they get the five people that they wanted for years. And those people are now back on the battlefield trying to kill us. All right, there's a very different mindset, isn't there? Joining us now is Army Specialist Cody Full. He was Bo Bergdahl's platoon mate and Captain Roger Hill, author of the book Dog uh, Company, a true story of American soldiers abandoned by their high command. Uh, thank you all for being with us. Uh, let's start with you, Army Specialist Cody Full, and what's your reaction to this news today? Uh, he had his rank lowered, dishonorable discharge, but at the end of the day, no jail time, and your fellow platoon mates are dead. I'm absolutely disgusted, um, speechless. I just, um, you know, and they didn't even, he can profit from his story as well. Um, he gets to keep his back pay, which is over $300,000. So him being fined $10,000 is nothing. Um, you mean the back pay when he was out searching for the Taliban? Yeah. So he's going to keep. Over probably $300,000. He's probably going to make millions off his book and movie deal with Mark Bowl 
while the rest of the people that lost loved ones sit at home with nothing. So way to go, America. Way to go, Army. You continue to reward failure. Wow. Wow. Did you know any of these guys that died? Uh, yeah, I served with Martinek and uh, Darren Andrews. Yeah. And how many others were injured looking for Bergdahl that you know of? Uh, well, I mean, in the trial, they had the uh, Navy SEAL who was shot in the leg, and uh, his his dog died. Um, and then they had that uh, Sergeant First Class's wife who testified that, he, you know, he was shot in the head and he was left paralyzed. So she's no longer his wife. Um, I mean, she still is his wife, technically, but she's his caregiver now because he literally cannot do anything. And they have beautiful children. So Unbelievable. Captain Roger Hill, welcome back. Good to talk to you, sir. Um, thank you for being with us. Your thoughts on today? Yeah, I'm, I'm just as dismayed. I mean, it's unbelievable the inconsistency of the standard that's being applied. Maybe the only thing that's consistent here is that the standard is inconsistently applied so often. We've got many uh, soldiers, uh, some officers that are in Leavenworth right now, as you know, the Clint Lawrences, the Derek Millers, who've served their country honorably, and they've been awarded prison time for doing their jobs and trying to save lives. And then we've got someone who's basically uh, a traitor, um, who's going to be allowed to walk free um, with, uh, you know, over a quarter million dollars. It's it's mind-blowing. Let me, did you know any of these guys, Captain Roger Hill? I don't think you did, did you? No, I, no. I, I did not. Or, you know, but, you know, the, the story, um, just in terms of the injustice, you know, Dog Company, a true story of American soldiers abandoned by their high command. As you recall, um, we found spies on our base. Yep. Tried to get our higher command to remove the spies. They, and they didn't do it. The spies for weeks. They yeah. didn't do it. So we took actions in our own hands. And a handful of my guys who were part of the interrogation efforts under my command were given other than honorable discharges themselves and afforded, uh, also awarded prison time. So I, I understand, you know, the inequality of the standard being applied very intimately. You know, I'm listening to you, Army Specialist Cody Full. You were there. Did you hear the tapes? Remember, I know that there was radio communication, that there were people saying that there's some American that's looking for the Taliban, and that was the first indication that he had gone off on his own and made a conscious decision of that. Do you remember that? Yeah, I was. Uh, we had two guys with us, and their job was to uh, they had this big box, and their job was to intercept uh, traffic. They're actually from the Texas National Guard, and uh, that's where I'm from, so it's kind of ironic. But, um, yeah, I was sitting there listening to the whole thing. Yeah, and in other words, and which would be the strangest. So, anyway, in spite of him deserting and leaving and seeking out the Taliban, you know, all of these people died. You got, you know, all these names that I mentioned, and you knew a couple of these guys personally. You know, I almost hear such anger in you that it's, like, infuriating to you. Am I reading you right? Yeah, I'm pretty mad. Um if we're on TV right now, I think I'm about the same shade as a fire truck. Yep. It's just um, you have guys that served honorably, you know, and they, they come home and they, they're they dealing with, with issues and they might have, you know, a couple extra beers at a bar one night and get popped for a DUI, which I'm not condoning, but then they get kicked to the curb and have less benefits than this guy's doing, and he turned his back on his own country. Um, the guy's a coward. He's a clown. He wouldn't look anybody in the eye that he served with last week at the trial. He didn't have enough gall to do that, but he has enough gall to, you know, say, well, what was me? I think I still deserve my benefits and I'm sorry. You know, it's just, it's just mind blowing really. Yeah. And what can you tell us about those two guys you knew of the one searching for Bergdahl that got killed? 
Well, I mean, they were honorable Americans. They were doing their job. Um, wrong place at the wrong time, obviously. Um, both really good guys. In the wrong place um, in the wrong time because a platoon member left. Yeah, it's... Uh, I can't even imagine what, what their family members are going through today. I know how I feel. Um, I'm I'm going to assume that they're 100 times worse than me. You played a clip earlier of Obama talking about writing letters to family, which is utter horse crap, because I know both those family members didn't get a letter from him at all. So wow. I have no idea what he's talking about. But he's the same person that had administrations come out, attack us, character assassinate us, and try to say this guy served an honor distinction when obviously that's not the case. Wow. I'll give you the last word, Captain Roger Hill. Yeah, I, I think the American public has a right to be outraged. Um, I think we should be asking some pretty serious questions right now. Um, and I, I, I mean, I hope there's a way that something like this can be looked at again. I, I don't know if there is. Maybe this is, you know, the final word, but my goodness, how, how upside down, how backwards have we become? Um, to, to allow this to happen. I, shame on the military leadership and the military legal system for allowing this to happen. Yeah, thank you both. Uh, sorry, uh, Army Specialist Cody Fold to the families. I know you know the Martinick family, the Andrews family, all these families that lost loved ones. I'm sure they're having a tough day. Uh, thoughts and prayers with all of them, and our thanks to both of you. Captain Roger Hill, good to have you back. We appreciate it. Thanks so much. Thank you. Take care. Imagine you send your kids off to battle conflict. This happens. They died. They're searching. Well, the Army's going to cut them a $300,000 check. Unbelievable. 800-941-SEAN. You want to be a part of the program. All right, let's get to our busy telephones. 800-941-SEAN. You want to be a part of the program. Stanley is in Miami, Florida. News Radio 610 WIOD. What's going on, sir? How are you? How's well, Stanley? Good John. Yeah, yeah, I'm just calling about your fantastic movie, Let There Be Light. Uh, that is a tremendous thing. I've seen it, and uh, thankfully, as you know, you expanded to about two or three times as many screens this weekend, so we got a lot of people down here very excited to try and see it this weekend for the first time. Boy, you, you know more about me than I... Yes, I, I, listen, the only reason this film's been successful is um, it's, a, it's an outstanding movie. All right, I got a question. Did you cry? Can I, oh, don't ask things like that. Yes. And <laughs> guys guys don't want to admit they cry ever, but that's funny. <laughs> well, well, people, and, and the reason I know a lot about it is because I kind of, one of my hobbies is, is to kind of spread the word about good, inspirational, faith-based films. So right. when yours came up on the radar, you know, I was really spreading the word. And sadly, the first week, I'm in South Miami area. It was way in the north, and a lot of people weren't able to get up there. And then, thankfully, it did, as you know, so well opening weekend that it uh, spread to so many more theaters. By the way, this is a not a people. stage call. This is You really are into movies, because you, what you're saying is exactly true. Look, then you understand. We, we didn't go with a big studio. We wanted the freedom and the independence. We didn't want to be told what to do. Um, I'm very proud of how this thing came out, and the reaction is overwhelmingly positive. I mean, we had over 90% rating on Rotten uh, Tomatoes, which is hard to get if you're a movie guy. You know that. And what's really incredible is that this movie, unlike, you know, your cookie cutter, violence, sex, you know, cartoons. I guess we got a new cartoon movie coming out this weekend. That's in 4,000 theaters. We were in 373 last week. So, But as an independent film, we'll be over, I think, 700 this week. And... What I love about it was my original intention for getting involved in it is that it is touching people's hearts, emotions, souls. It's got a spiritual quality to it. It's it's everything that Hollywood doesn't give us. And that was my only reason for getting involved in it. And, you know, to to have this reaction has been overwhelming to me. We have the the 
the new listings up on Hannity.com. Well, let me, let me tell you, and let me be really honest and no flattery intended, the quality is top-notch. It's top-notch. And the acting, everything, the story is tremendous. I love the guy. I don't remember his name right offhand, but the, you know, the pastor guy. Grant Sacy, uh, yeah. That's yeah, a true story. You know, that's a true story. He was in the mob. He was a high-member mob, I think the Colombo crime family. His father was a, a top-ranking officer in that family. And he literally went to jail. His father, his own father put out a hit on his life. And while he was in jail, a guard gave him a Bible and he said changed his life. And that's how he talks. That's who he is. That was he was playing himself. And, and I'll tell you, that scene, if, if some of the audience, I know your audience would understand the film is very evangelistic. And the scene with him is great, great sharing with the Kevin Sorbo, you know, character. Uh, one of my favorite parts of the movie, but there's just, see, with a movie like this, there's so many different aspects. It hits different people in different ways. You've got the, the drunk driving scene, and sadly... All right, all right, you're going to give too much of the movie. The only thing I will say and is, and, and thank you so much for really loving the movie, um, that makes me feel good. I only had one person, I like it, and the majority of people are writing me that it has touched them deeply. All right, we have an amazing Hannity tonight at 9. Hope you go see Let There Be Light this weekend. Now double the theaters, Hannity.com. We will look into Hillary stealing the primary. We'll look into the dossier. We'll look into Uranium One and all the other news of the day. 9 Eastern, set your DVR, an amazing Hannity. Have a great weekend. Hope you like the movie if you see it, and I'll see you tonight at 9 back here on Monday. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie. Because John Stamos' picture was already up on the wall. Listen to More Than a Movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Reality Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's Reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. The stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. A couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening.